Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello. Welcome to Let's Drone Out. Tonight we are joined by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello. The man with the moustache, Stephen. Hello. And me, bright into life lie. Sometimes I like to mute myself. I've I've turned my PC on and it's just a wall of updates. So You mean you turned it off? Yeah. People don't turn computers off again, do they? I don't know. I don't know. That's the leading cause of computer failure, turning them off and on again. I was just commenting in the pre-show on the, the glorious hue that Curry Kitten's sweatshirt is, which is uh, it's pretty impressive. I do do like a bright sweatshirt, and it's they very really bright. pulled out again, the spots there. Again, Jack didn't get the memo about the bright primary colours, and he's gone with black. Black! 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 I can wear this if you want. <clears throat> is that bright enough for you? No. It's getting there. Not it's not hurting my eyes enough. No. <laughs> What's everyone been up to this week? I flew a thing. Ooh. It wasn't a very exciting thing. You, oh, well, a lead-in re- like that, a coy little lead-in, it's got to be an interesting thing, surely. It's not. It was, it was one of those... Where is it? It's over there somewhere. It was one of those, like... Um, it's not a Mavic, but we're saying it's it works as well as a Mavic. Honest, uh, Governor, could you in test a box it for me? With suspiciously similar cover art to the Mavic. Yes, except this one is three hundred ninety-nine pounds, which Ooh. is about nineteen pounds less than the Mini Air Two, which is a very good quad. And this mm. one had promise when I started it. Only had a two-axis gimbal. It had its what is Chad doing? It had its your fixed by EIS, and I, I started flying it, and I thought, that's quite good. It's doing quite well. But as mm-hmm. I flew it higher and further out, the the gimbal's on sort of this little shock mounting, and it seems mm-hmm. like a tiniest bit of wind can induce the oh. vibrations there. So on the sides of the screen, you had this action going on, which was oh, a bit of a shame. And um, So you think spend the extra 20 quid? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, very much so. And it also had, it, it, you know, that when you're sort of coming to land, you use like, you know, less stick because you're like, oh, I just need to make a little adjustment, mm-hmm. bring it down. When I just did a little adjustment, this thing went woof like that and then it leveled itself. So I'm coming, I'm trying to come down on my landing mat and I'm only a couple of feet ahead and I'm swinging this thing around, <laughs> overcorrecting it everywhere because it doesn't seem to have good proportional controls. It's like, Tiny little bit, tiny little bit. Oh, but other than that, but it is nonetheless you know, reassuringly expensive. Reassuring, well, over, over, overpriced, I would say. I, I, I have to say, I cannot recommend this. If you're looking for something like this, spend extra nineteen pounds. Yeah, and you'll be happier. You, if you want a floating camera, you do need to be really good to beat the. DJI stuff, right? That is the, the, the thing is that the, the things I've tested before, they've been like 100, 200 pounds. And yeah. for that, you give them a little bit of leeway. Take a punt. It's like, this flies okay. If you're just getting into it, you're a beginner, you're flying it around, you want to take a picture of yourself, it's fine. But when it's the same price, it doesn't, doesn't work as well. Yeah, it's got to have a vastly better camera or, or be much faster or, or something that the DJI stuff can't do. It sounds like they haven't nice. really hit on some unique point. Yeah. But if you were going to buy it, what, what would you be buying it for that a Mavic couldn't do? Nothing. There's there's no reason. Unless you want to switch the engines off and hurt somebody because it weighs about 600 grams. 
So that's the only advantage. Oh, so it's heavier. Can, so it could inflict more heavier. damage. Okay. It can inflict more damage and involve having to use a license instead of the 249 gram thing that the DJI can do. Oh, interesting. So yeah, a quad from maybe 2017 that inadvertently found its way onto the market in 2023. Yes, essentially. Uh, as I said, the, the, the video transmission is not bad. It got out to a kilometre, oh, although yeah, it was starting to... Well, you can always tell it's starting to go bad because you say you're and you expect it to be smooth and it's like nothing's happening and it goes... Dun, 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 ah, and it's like that. So. Yeah. Well, Do wait it. for the sales. Perhaps maybe it'll be a hundred and fifty quid special after release. Hundred and fifty quid special. You might give it a punt. Give it a blow. I was just about ready to go out with my my Taro one two nine that I've put my Mega Ultra um, Rush FPV Max Solo into two and a half watts of power. When I found out I needed to redesign my antenna holder, and what I found is my Fusion three hundred and sixty free license, which I thought was a free license now is a free license only for three years and it's expired so i've done this design and it won't let me save it or print it so it's just sat there on my screen taunting me and i can't do anything with it which is annoying so i'm gonna have to oh, very quickly choose something new quick poll of the chat for your favorite free to use 3d modeling packages if you want to do some yes. serious little mounts what, and what things. are people using which is a bit like fusion 360 so you've got the What's it called? Parametric modeling. So you can uh, change your dimensions back several steps and it all works. Go, chat. Waiting, waiting. Time <laughs> passes. <laughs> Unfortunately, no suggestions from me. I just grab stuff off Thingiverse and occasionally scale it a this, little This would be people saying, I just smaller. print out a square and I whittle it down with a knife or something. <laughs> yeah. The trouble is with Fusion 360 is... It's the best, and mm. nothing is like it. No one's made anything. I suppose, except for SolidWorks, which is even more expensive. Mm. I hear a lot of people talk about Fusion 360. Pirate, Pirate SolidWorks? Pirate SolidWorks, well, so, that sounds... Well, didn't you say good. you were using Fusion 360, and the free version just stopped working? So... Yeah, look, I, I, will has a free version, I will though. show you my my screen of uh, of what it looks like. Share a screen. Take the window. Fusion three sixty. Here, here is my lovely part. What I done modelled, awesome. and it took me ages to work out how to do this angle from the. Now bay. you can't save but the thing. Up here it says expired. Subscribe now. And if mm. I try and do anything, save no. Export no. Nothing no. Can't do nothing. Cruel and unusual. So it looks very yeah, nice and neat model there. as well. It's a crying shame. How, how are you going to print it? I can't. I'm I'm screwed. I suppose you buy a one month subscription and then find something else after this. But that's no, the, it's uh, like it's far too expensive. If you're if you're not like doing this professionally, it's like super pricey. It's like you know it's fifty something quid a month or something. Fifty a month. Yeah. It's really expensive. That's ludicrous because you might only use it maybe once a month. <laughs> yeah, make make me lab saying he reckons it can be activated, but I can't. He's going to use his model. That's the trouble. No, I've I've had it before where it's expired. They used to issue you like a a year's license, and then you just you go and say this is expired, and you say reset it, and because you have to log mm. in to do it, it sort of updates itself, and it's like okay, all sorted. But this this is not working at all. Don't know. Ooh. What about you, Jack? Not, what have you been up to? I'll whittle it. Uh, not much. I've. What have I been up to? I'm literally waiting on hardware for this. For for the back. Um, and that's all together. I've. I've dared look at Oscar Lang's um, tuning beta flight guide, and I am deeply concerned by it. Uh, and that's about it, really. I've just kind of been shipping stuff out, and that's that's it, really. I haven't flown. Um, 
the first like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday looked amazing. They were like blue skies. It was sunny. It was a bit breezy Wednesday, and then today, my first day off, it's just grey and crap. So Ew. I just I did, I went into town. Plus, I've um, I've broke my glasses, so I'm on my like backup old prescription. So I had to go into town and. You know, it's like, can you fix my glasses? They're like, nope, the insurance only covers a year. Buy new ones. So I spent all my Sucks. money on glasses. So. Sucks balls. Yeah, not much, really, electronics-wise. I need to, I just need to clear my bench, really. And I'm just waiting on standoffs and screws from AliExpress. Ah, I had some of those arrive. Almost a segue. Mm. Got some uh, nice sky blue hex standoffs from Ali. Nice. Three ones for my little build with the walk snail and um, on an ET5 frame. Eventually, when uh, when my arms stop hurting me, I'm gonna put together an ultralight with uh, this is with the Viper Light canopy from mm. uh, from Sugar K. It's gonna have an F7 in there and a, a walk snail one S board running off the uh, healthy five volt back in there and, and um toy toys of the week as well uh, what has steven bought this week what bale of crap have we got um oh i've lost it where are you there you are underneath everything else um i wanted a nice small am32 esc so i found one of these sky stars 20 mils and uh and it was running I thought it was running an STM32 that I could just flash, but it's not. It's a Giga Devices one. So I went down another rabbit hole that involved getting two ST Link adapters, using one ST Link adapter to flash the other ST Link adapter, which I've now labeled as CMSYS DAP, a generic programming adapter, and then use that guy to flash the ESC bootloader. Ooh. Which worked in the end, but it was just like, oh, kind of ESC flashing hopscotch with far too many steps. Um, but yeah, got there in the end. Um, chatted a bit with Style Sucks over on ESCconfigurator.com because I found a few bugs in that when I was flashing. And I was going to put it in this guy. This is a four inch that currently has like a 40 amp BL Heli ESC, and I was going to put an AM32 one in there. Just to compare it and i um i was also not sure about the motors because i have been pushing those rather rather fast and hard um on 5s when they're not really supposed to so i, I have some rcm power motors that i might put in something as well we'll see how that goes it's the general tinkerings this week oh i'm trying to build stuff with beta flight as well I'm trying to make sense of the new build system which has proven complex there's another segue. I just remembered we had uh, we had a discussion about Beta Flight Four Four, didn't we? Where I discovered weird things or different things about how the OSD mm. works. Which was I was coming over. This is this same coil I'm trying to work with, and it was on four zero three. And on four zero three, I plug in the USB, and it comes up with the the OSD page, and I can update the fonts, I can change the OSD round, then I can plug in a battery and check it all works, all good. On 4.4, what I was doing is plugging it in, expecting to get that same stuff, uh, and it was saying no OSD chip detected. And then, then I plugged in the battery, and still nothing happened. Uh, and what we found out after opening up a, a um, an issue, much, and then finding stuff problem. out is you have to plug the battery in, then plug the USB in, and then it basically scans for the hardware and says, "Oh yeah, you've got an OSD chip," and then it's all good. But if you do it the other way around or just have yeah. the USB plugged in, it doesn't work. And Stephen was telling I've, me this is because previously it was hard-coded. It was just like, oh, yeah, you got an OSD chip. Change what yeah. you like. And when you it assumes it, every single all, board all has an OSD chip. The weird thing is I've never seen a board that does what Curry's. Because I've got a whole bunch of analog quads, and I flashed them, most of them, to 4.4. And, and I haven't seen one that doesn't bring up the OSD on USB. But somehow I guess Curry's board... The OSD chip isn't connected to the USB power. It's only connected to the LiPo power, which is 
which is which is really weird because the <laughs> really weird. the GPS and the receiver comes up as soon as I plug USB in as well. So you're thinking, oh, it's powering everything else up on five volts, but not the OSD chip, which is really oh, weird. Special. And obviously, I've never seen yeah. it before, but that's because it it would have assumed it was there beforehand, which is which is odd. What a pain in the ass. Anyway, lesson well, learned, I guess. There's probably some feedback we can make. The trouble is. It's it's not a real Matek board. It's pretending to be like a Matek F four oh five. As Caroline probably knows, there's a whole load of clones floating around for Matek boards. Everyone just calls their board a Matek board or uses the target and then butchers the hardware and makes it slightly awkwardly different to the Matek hardware, so it's not entirely compatible. And people have finally sort of got annoyed with there being fifteen different variants of this one original board. And and everything's sort of been broken on all of the clones. Uh, just make sure the original board works, and then let the clone manufacturers fight it out amongst themselves. Yeah, Caroline's question is: Does Wayne's FC have switchable VTX power? Maybe affecting the OSD chip. I was actually I I had nothing plugged in when I first started using this, uh, and the the board itself doesn't have a switchable uh, VTX power. Obviously, the VTX does, but. Yeah, when I was when I was doing this, I was I was trying it with like nothing plugged in, and then had the the VTX in, and then that was on pit mode, and then it was all it was all very weird. Yeah, interesting. Weird. A lot of weird. stuff has been changed, though. There's been a lot of hoops to jump through. To um, yeah, because because what you're saying about like everybody yeah. says it has a Matex board. If you're coming from a previous early four version. You have it's the same old problem. It's like here's your if you look at version, here is your board, it uses this. So you go and say update it, and it's like, oh, that doesn't exist anymore. I wonder what it changed to. And there's like this many Matic boards, and you're like, mm, mm-hmm. let's try this one. So originally I I, I chatted to you because I thought I'm I'm using the wrong firmware here. I must I must not know something. And but it wasn't that. That was just a red herring. Well, there was the bit about the gyro. And, and and you were using the wrong firmware when the gyro didn't appear. But as soon as the gyro was working, you were on the right firmware. Yeah. After that, I mean, it we, was just... We did keep trying them. We tried three different firmwares just to see what would happen. It's like, no, that one's got worse. <laughs> it thinks it's got a completely different gyro. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist. Everyone's also mm-hmm. being... So there's the Matek F405 STD that you've got there, the standard one. And oh, then I'm using the Matek- standard dash clone firmware at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it was the standard one. that didn't work. But there was that one was called, the think, original board that they copied. The other one they copied yeah. is the F four eleven RX. So all of the old little boards with the SPI FR Sky receivers on, they all cloned the Matek F four eleven RX. So there's millions of those out there as well. This this used to be the case with the you remember the S. What was it? The F3 SP Racing versions. There used to be millions yeah. of copies of those. And then everything became an omnibus, and that was the big copy. And now the Matek copies are hanging around. I yeah. guess it's just flavor of the month. Yeah, the yeah. X Racer or whatever. Like, oh, man. Yeah, the copies that, you know, just did not work. Well, <laughs> it's fine if a lot of them do work, but they don't copy it perfectly. If they'd actually copied it item for item, the entire bill of materials the same, it'd be fine. But they clone stuff, and then they'll change the gyro from like an MPU 6000 to like a BMI 270. And they'll still use the same target. And if you look at the original, there was never a version of it that used a BMI 270. So when you go and actually publish a spec that deals just for the original board... You go ask the manufacturer, right, what's your bill of materials for this? And they tell you, and you code all of that in. And then someone comes along with a clone board that has a completely different hardware bill of materials, and it, and it doesn't work. And then they're like, oh, well, your software's wrong. Actually, no, because we, we go to the manufacturer and ask them specifically like what they have on their boards. But we don't know who's been cloning it, because half the time the clone manufacturers don't even respond to an email or anything you know dead silent so it's just trial and error to figure it out what what about that guy that was extorting everyone being like if you want our board to be supported by oh that seems to have been taken care of yeah hopefully hopefully that's not a problem anymore it's looking a bit dicey for a while yeah there's a whole bunch new cpu stuff that's uh 
slowly moving forward. It's looking very promising. And hopefully all this F411 stuff where it was dicey and it didn't quite work fast enough and you're balancing the speed of the OSD with the speed of the freaking SPI receiver and it was just cutting out all the time. Hopefully that's going to be a thing of the past and people get something that's even cheaper than that but is way more powerful. So that's promising. Fingers crossed. Only hope. In my other catalogue of errors, I also tried using um, Betaflight connecting over the ELRS Wi-Fi to the configurator, which which didn't quite work. I tried it on my tablet, and to be fair, I only tried it on like one quad, and it came up, it found the, the port, but then came up with like this error about multi-wee version null type null so i have to look at that special that doesn't sound right does it no no that doesn't sound right so i was mostly having fun saying oh this has got wrong this has gone wrong this has also gone wrong let's try and fix it fun times oh dear well sorry we've been struggling i had some lovely misty days out here that were quite fun tend to eventually flying through the kind of Spooky mist. That's always quite a giggle. Could you get up above it and sort of look down? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's couldn't get totally above the mist because I'd have to fly to like 500 meters high, I think. But yeah, popped up to on those on those perfect days. I've I've seen video. I think Caroline's had a video like this where uh, I think he's maybe been on top of a hill and the mist has been sort of lying down the hill and you can just see the the buildings are oh, right yeah. out over the top if you've of got it a hill like, i'm sure you can do that i'm in yeah. london where it's dead flat so there's not really that discontinuity I sometimes see it around canary wharf but again that, you're frowned on flying around there for some reason <laughs> yeah. people don't like a it lot of they have a real point of view wharf. about it yeah i also did a bit that. of 3d printing on a little toothpick as well a little kind of i think it's about 40 Aww. 41 grams Really cute little thing with a, a that's an all in one, what five in one or whatever they call it with your Express LRS, Open VTX, ESCs, flight controller. It's 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 just got a camera plug and four motor plugs on it, and that's it done. Um, that's been a lot of fun because it, it does like just four minutes on a three hundred and eighty Mar two S. It's just flies forever. So lots of just weaving around stuff in the park. Don't have to go out and then get into the mud and anything. You can just sort of sit on a park bench and go around the, all the dry bits. That's quite nice. That's quite cool. Yeah, I've, I've been doing some 3D printing for Tony, some ESC holders. Mm. So soon I will be dealing with him and his goddamn X class. And I'm, I, you know, I've messaged him and been like, "You need to buy this. What about this?" Doesn't want to buy any of it. Wants to buy it when it comes to it. Nice. Oh well. So is he rebuilding it? I thought he he he's rebuilt it onto twelve S. Oh, okay. So he's yeah. keeping the old one at six S, and he's building a new twelve S. I believe so. Yeah. Was it eight S? The old one, I think. Fossil stuff. Yeah, sent sent him some new gear, so interesting. Yeah, so I've been doing a bit of just doing a bit of printing and trying to decipher the dyslexic moronness of Tony. Can you print me twelve of these? Why do you need twelve? You've only got four ESCs. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've seen some awesome prints for quads of that size. So I think uh, there's a guy called Noisy Boy. And he's he's got some absolute monster bills that he does, you know, big thirteen inch prop stuff, and just some some fantastic three D prints where it, I think one is draped in like purple tentacles or something. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. I suppose when things are a bit bigger and have real lifting power, you can get a little bit more creative and fun with. Oh, uh, yeah, got a couple of reels like of TPU on there and not notice. <laughs> Let me just see if I can. Uh, get the picture but yeah got some kind of kraken theme thing that was cracking up a while back that's cool so what about Stephen? uh we have to ask every week what's the plane situation oh 
the plane situation is Stephen is not a happy man and has not got the mental energy to deal with non-quadrilated stuff. He's just about tra- traipsing out of the house and flying a couple of packs on a little micro around the park and certainly not up for doing lots of soldering and testing stuff. Most of the wing stuff just plugs together. I mean, I, yeah, I, I could just smash it into pieces and throw it in the bin and be like, well, it's done now. But <laughs> I was going to try and do it properly. It'll just buff out. Don't worry. Let me see if I can... I found this uh, giant quad. It's one of these shorts where people film it vertically because they're monsters. Right. Animals. Yeah. That's the only way shorts work. Do they, they don't let you film it any other way. Uh, it's just crazy. Oh, it's absolutely horrible. It's the YouTube version of this Tiki Tok thing. It's just awful, though. It's very true. Why do you want to do that? Um, okay. Anyway. How's the Tesla, by the way? It's okay. It hasn't tried to cure me lately. And it hasn't, you know, had any big problems. You see that? It's an absolute monster. Big bucket of wipes? Is that for jerking off? I imagine it probably is, yeah. I expect Mm. you have to celebrate after you've done a big build like that. Definitely, because of the left-handed mouse-ness. It's a bit crazy. He's he's a beast. I I feel he should screw those props in properly. It looks like they're just push-fitted at the moment. That can't be right. Not (laughs) not on that size. Might cause some issues. You never know. Could be a problem. Jack, what are you going to build next? What are you going to do next? What's everybody's plans? Because obviously we haven't done that much. Been um, I'm going to move this to my 4S rig, which is the KISS ESCs, because obviously I'm not done torturing myself. I want to finish... That's the thing, are they? Those KISS things? Yeah, I want to finish this beta flight build, but I'm just waiting for standoffs. Oh, that's a bit of a oh long story. What standoffs do you need? Uh, I think they're five mil tall. I think five mil standoff. That's really short. I know. I know. That's M3 more of a, or M2? Like a, a nut, isn't it? Rather than a standoff. M three. Yeah. I don't know. It actually looks taller than that. I might be chatting. Sh- Hang on. Let me measure. I have a box of, of M3 hardware right behind me. That's why I asked. We can now do a riveting podcast while Stephen gets the calipers out to measure which standoffs are that M3. Oh, my word. The audio listeners are going to love this. I know. I'm now opening Man. a box with some digital calipers. We're having a caliper listeners. off. Oh. have Daddy. a selection of M3 mounting hardware in front of me. Some of it is aluminium, some of it is plastic. I will be looking for a six millimeter part. Ten mil. Ten mil. You could just cut that in half. Sorry, is that the actual size you want? Yeah, ten mil. Oh, you're, you're only, that sounds like a Tony mistake. I didn't know off the top of my head. I did say, but I measured it. Right, so that looks like an eight mil I've got there. Not that one. That's it. 10 mil. Do you want plastic or aluminium? Uh, aluminium if you got it. All right, I might have to get the other box out. There's That's a 10 mil right. plastic. I've got I've got yeah, 10 I've mil got, and black nylon. Yeah, I've got 10 mil white nylon on there, but it's meant to be holding the antenna, so it will probably break off. Let me find it. And I ordered a load of hardened aluminium screws from... AliExpress and they showed up today and then I've realised that the listing on uh, Impulse RC didn't include the 16 mil one so I've, I've just ordered those not it's from AliExpress again yeah is that like another 40 days then yeah well, probably it's about 10% of the cost of buying them in the UK that's the trouble I've seen some ludicrous prices on bolts in the UK. You can get any size bolt in the UK, but sometimes it's like eight or nine pounds for a single bolt. That seems expensive. 
Normally when yeah, I'm like, ludicrous. I want five of one screw or 10 or something, I go onto eBay and it seems reasonable. And there's like five pack for a pound and then get 20 for like a pound 20 or something. So you just, oh, I just have lots of them. Yeah, that's what I do. I've, I've got a whole load of little tidies with M3 and M2 hardware. Just keep it forever now. Sorted. Cool. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Yeah, I tried to buy... Uh, titanium screws on AliExpress and I ended up with some sort of cheese metal a while ago so I'd advise not doing that I'm pretty sure they're not titanium because the head snapped off when I tried to tighten them I think titanium's not, not renowned for being the strength of say cheddar uh, I think that's just are. a brand name they came up with yeah <laughs> special titanium strength like it's, it's amazing how much graphite stuff there is even though it's not or graphene isn't it graphene super, batteries super yeah yeah those alternative like... batteries that weren't were about 30c were graphene graphene it's amazing puff up after three flights but they were totally graphene they were definitely advanced battery technology <laughs> that's what it was now only didn't you have new goggles you were showing us or was these oh, yes. not new goggles someone kindly hook me up with a set of uh, the V2 goggles so I'm going to be obtaining a, an O3 Air unit now now just to get this right because I, I got it wrong before in DJI there's the DJI there's the DJI oh, V2 no and then there's the DJI Goggle 2 which is the new one which is the one the you've naming, got, right? just, just about everything about DJI as you might realise from the camera platforms is basically customer hostile so that includes the naming conventions you've got the DJI FPV system, which is the first version, then you've got the DJI FPV V2, and then you've got the DJI Goggles 2. And the Goggles 2 are completely different from the Goggles V2. Those are two entirely different product lines with different functionality and different technical specifications. And these are the ones that work with the new O3 unit. Well, they both work with the O3 unit, but these work in H.264 mode and the new ones work in H.265. So it's like it works with O3, but it's a slightly like degraded range, but it'll do the job. Oh, okay. But it does do so 120 the... FPS and the new ones only do 100 FPS. Like I say, customer hostile, but it'll work. And I'm immensely, immensely grateful for you know having a, a shot. Now I've got to uh, find somewhere that sells a a cheap O3 unit. I was just getting used to the declining prices of the original DJI Air units that were getting down to sort of eighty-five pounds, and the O3s are over two hundred. So I, I feel you've got a bit of an oxymoron there. That. Combining the words "cheap" and O3 unit, as a non-DJI user, even I know that the new units are very expensive, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So I think I'll get one and give it a shot and see what it's like because it's kind of akin to buying a GoPro. It's going to do the image stabilization. It's going to do the FPV feed, and it does the onboard recording, all that, all that guff, all in one, which is nice. But it's going to be heavy, and it's going to take a whole bunch of power. So I've been running them off the onboard BECs. A lot of the boards I've got have a 10-volt BEC. That 10-volt BEC is often good for one and a half, maybe two amps. Some of the quads I've got have an 8-volt BEC that's good for two amps. And apparently the O3 is pulling round about kind of 17, 18 watts max. So that's going to be too much for a 2 amp 8 volt bet because you've got that, that simple equation. Power is volts times amps, right? That's watts. So 8, eight volts by 2 amps, that's going to give me 16 watts, which might be flattened by the O3 air unit if I turn on the, all the recording and stabilization functionality and then run out to maximum range. So, mm, a bit worried about that. We shall see. Do they have to run off 
um, a certain voltage or can they just go straight into the LiPo if you need to? It could run off the battery, but then you've got the problem of you get a prop strike and you get some back EMF. That's now going to like go back through the motors into the ESC and potentially spike back through that battery connection. So not, so not much could, protection there. Yeah, it could just knacker your 200 quid air unit. Oh, that's a pain. Which is, it's not really what you want. So, yeah, scratching my head. It basically means I've got to look at all the spec sheets for my flight controllers and find the one that's got the beefiest back and put it on that. Now, a vague change of subject here, but we, we touched on it last week. And since that time, I have noticed that every time I accidentally go to YouTube or Facebook, I'm confrontated by loads of, uh, now I don't know the word, toroidal prop things. What's the word I'm looking for Toroidal. Toroidal props seems to have gone very much flavor of the month. Hmm. So every time I click on YouTube, there's a new person experimenting with them or on Facebook, there's everybody, everybody in their dog yeah. is playing with them. And I have to admit, I haven't watched a single video yet because it was upsetting me how many are there. Has has anybody, has anybody in the chat messed with them? Have you seen any decent stuff from them? Are these the promise of toroidal listeners again? People say toroidal, but that's it's almost a little bit of a confusing explanation because it's not what I think of as a torus, which is more a donut. These are kind of a cylinder, but squished sideways. So that the cylinder is now, instead of vertical, leaning to one side. So there's an advancing edge, which is one edge of the prop, and then the opposite face of the cylinder forms the another edge that's also tilted in the same direction. So the yes, cylinder I, I basically suppose you would say two edges. The cylinder gets squashed and then twisted, and, and done three times round, and that's that's your prop. But um, yeah. yeah, I still I still haven't looked at an actual video to to see if there's any evidence. It just seems like people have grabbed hold of it, like it's the new Watch thing. It's the only way video. to fly a quad. And I think it was just a slow newsweek phenomenon, buoyed up by the fact that this came out of MIT, who clearly know what they're doing. But then everyone's gone and tried to replicate that on a three D printer, and there's a very good reason why we're not sitting here thinking. I don't need to buy props. I've got a 3D printer because when you 3D print stuff like propellers, it comes out crap. Um, it, it's not suited for that. And so people are drawing all these results, comparing the 3D printed propellers to injection molded propellers and going, oh, well, uh, it's not like this. It doesn't compare well in that regard. And it's kind of meaningless because unless they've taken a 3D printed traditional wing prop and then compared it with a 3d printed toroidal prop then there's like no control right you've got a completely different manufacturing process and materials on each of the props as well as a different shape so it's really hard to draw any conclusions from what people have done so far i think yes but you know if if you're out there listening content creators and, and people doing it could you just stop because my feed to fill up a crap I'm a bit fed up with it. Uh, Wait until some manufacturer actually produces a prop and then you can test it properly. Well, good luck. I've been asking people to stop making so many uh, sinner whoops for several years now and hasn't got anywhere. I, I still don't understand why sinner whoops are a thing. I, I, I kept explaining because I reviewed a lot of them saying, look, this is a very specific thing. If you're hmm. making commercial videos and you need to fly around people, this is something you might use otherwise they don't fly very well they're very noisy and uh you don't gain any benefit from the fact that they you know they might not break as much if you crash them just just get a regular it's like problem. people getting a giant dslr as their first camera like <laughs> no you want to start moderate your uh, expectations a little bit start with something that lets you learn how to to actually consider what makes a good photo rather than just go for one specific tool I was just going to say, we mentioned GoPros there. I've had a lot of, mm. again, lots of stuff popping up in my feed with people getting really wound up with GoPros and and moving over to something else because um, GoPros tend to, they keep seem to go wrong a lot. More expensive. They keep overheating and um, 
See, I thought when I went skiing, it would be good because I thought it'd keep my GoPro cool, and it did the opposite. It, it turned on for six Didn't seconds work. and then it was out of battery. Yeah, completely <laughs> You needed your lipo warmer. Yeah. I had to then keep keep my GoPro inside my pocket, turn it on inside my pocket, and then try and mount it on my head whilst taking off my gloves whilst it was my... So your holiday footage is lots of excellent shots of the inside of your pocket, um, stopping shortly afterwards the instant it got out into the cold. Yeah. Yeah, but it seems uh, I have seen lots of like you know, piss take videos where someone someone's doing skiing and like, oh such an epic line, this is gonna be beep 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 <laughs> and that's that the nasty noise of like what the hell's just gone wrong with my GoPro. Mm. Yeah. I've but got a bunch they, of cameras. I've never really been impressed by the light handling. Because when you're skiing you've just got so much reflected light. A lot of the footage that I've taken with phones and with action cameras has just been haze of white with a couple of black dots and you can't really tell whether they're above you or below you it's just white out with a couple of people yeah if you don't get the sun on it you you're, you've got absolutely no contrast whatsoever you're like wow there's this epic hill i was going down you can't even tell it's a slope it's just white that's no, just white we're moving through some whiteness it can't just be seen nothing yeah just... it's interesting that people are getting miffed with gopro and then we're also seeing a bit kind of an advancement on the split cameras because I was all in on split cameras a while ago. Like, oh, I can have a so-so FPV camera, but a pretty decent action cam that was beating the likes of the old Mobius and things like that. And it feels like the O3 has, you know, made it a really strong push in that direction. Yeah, I suppose that is decent footage, isn't it? Mm. Well, it's as good but- as the. Um, I think Cole's got one. The uh, was it the action too? The footage looks a lot like that in terms of the the contrast, the colours. No, he's got a, a eleven mini. Oh, who was it who had the action? Oh, was it? Oh no, sorry, failsafe. I think might have been the one who had that. Oh, is that where he was talking about having to pour water on it to try and cool it down? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a common problem. I don't think that works with the uh, O3A unit. I think that's not no. recommended. Give it a try. Yeah, but I did. I did notice that my GoPro Two, which was the first GoPro I got, still going strong, seemed to work fairly faultlessly, perfectly. Then I then got a GoPro Four, which was generally okay, but then it started having SD card reader problems. And they're I remember, fragile. The fours. I remember getting that while snorkeling, and it's like, well, I can't go and take the frigging battery out and try and sort this out. I'm under the water right now. And then the seven wasn't too bad, but yeah, the ten, it, it, it had some lockups, which is again take battery out and put it in. And the ten was has been pretty bad for either overheating or being too cold. But <laughs> it can't decide. It can't just find that just right attitude, unfortunately. I know. I've got an eight. Um, I use it very rarely. I, I drag it out kind of when we're at events and stuff like that. If I'm flying by myself, don't really want to carry the weight. I think that that's the, the deciding factor for me. The quad feels sluggish. It doesn't behave the same. I'm used to flying it without the weight of the GoPro. When I put the GoPro on, it's like, okay, I'm going to do extra slow cinematic flying now because it just feels leaden you know it feels like i'm hauling that gopro around on it <laughs> yeah i think i'm pretty screwed come this summer because i've had to i've got rid of both my sevens and i sold my session four as well which was the the idiot can you know strap it to anything sort of what about one of these thumbs they seem to have got a, a- an audience people seem to be enjoying them well not curry curry was like how the hell do you um you know level it or whatever didn't you get there in the end though was that the the 4k one that's the 4k one i've they've they've redone it since so the lens has changed or something but yeah i mean the difference is the amount of effort it takes when you put a GoPro and you put it in hypersmooth, you can pretty much just fly it around quite casually. You don't need to do any more stabilization. The footage that yeah. comes off is good. When you put and you a can run post the video that day, can't you, Jack? You can just take that footage and you can post it that day because you don't need to do anything in gyro flow or 
You see, I'm not sure this argument works for Jack because he's going to sit on that footage for two to three <laughs> years minimum. And then delete the it or lose the use gyro then. flow, which might forward, take Forward everything to Carl. <laughs> he's the one dealing with it. He's the one bringing it to Responsible the Responsible adult. Yeah. That's why I have him. He's awesome. I find gyro flow a lot of work. I, I don't like mm. it. Although I do like the form factor of this. I, I, I might put it on my next um, plane. I, I need to fly some planes. Because I thought, what's the weight on that little guy? Not much. I haven't got some scales around here, but it's like you know, under fifty grams, grams. Maybe it's definitely under fifty. It's like yeah, twenty maybe. It's like, yeah. but it seems in a, in a bit where there's less general vibration, like in a plane, it might do a little bit better and make take less effort to sort out and stuff. But I we forget, of course, that we came from the world of like the little 808C cameras and the Mobiuses, mm -hmm. which didn't have any right. sort of stabilization. You just shook around and it's like, well, that's quite good, isn't it? Look, I've got video, HD video from my plane. And now it's like, oh, no, look, it's got a little it's got a little bit of wobble in it. That's no good. Throw it away, burn it. And gyro flow, I'm sure, will get easier and easier as time goes on because half the battle is just turning the little manual sliders and dials into presets and... Yeah. Taking out the user's hands. Uh, yeah, do like they that. still sell Mobiuses? Because I kind of miss those. I don't know. Um, you can probably still find. I mean, the fact you can still buy a KK2 must mean there's Mobiuses out there. Probably yeah. on AliExpress. I'm sure they're out somewhere. I'm sure you can still get an 808 camera. I've still got one because I, I still get run I hollowed out a bit of my one of my wings so I could put an 808 camera in there, and it still it still works. It looks muddy and a bit crap. Keychain camera. Good old 72060. Still works. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I saw like the, the people that were talking about action cameras have turned to the um, oh, geez, Insta360 X, X3, is it? Um, which is a, a proper 360 cam, which you can then like stabilize in post nice and easily but didn't seem to have the right form factor to put on a flying thing that was the one like, with the interchangeable bits where you just had a lot of clipped together pieces no it this is more like... let, let me let me find a picture this this is more a sort of hmm. um it's like a big capsule i think is the best way of looking oh, at it okay i did uh, enjoy the insta360 software there's an insta360 insta studio and i think their stuff does work with gyro flow as well but the studio that they've got it kind of worked first time, very little tweaking. I've used that SMO 4K a bunch of times, and I think like 90% of the time it's just, you know, select the start, select the end, choose how wide you want the view to be and the output footage, click stabilize, go, and that's that's it. Just does it. That this is, is what we're looking weird at. Shape. It is a weird shape, isn't it? Of course, don't people don't have to middle. think about the shape because it's a 360 cam. It doesn't matter if you're holding it or you've got it on a stick. But in terms of getting it into it's a... terrible um, for a quad. Yeah, in terms of getting it into a quad, of course, it's very difficult. But I am, I am mm. attracted by the fact you can do so much in post. You know, I quite like those pictures of quads, like you've got quad footage flying along and then you've got the, the quad and stuff and you don't have to think about the angle. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. quite, quite nice, but it's, it's not cheap. It's like... Uh, it's just if you four, think four, about nine. it, if you mount that on a quad, then if you're going under any obstacles, the lens is so exposed. Mm. But it does yeah. get it above the battery. Because if you remember, like, you know, when Andy RC's, like, 360 thing, you'd, like, scroll to the back of it and then you'd just see battery. I mean, so you had, you had you, like, a lovely forward-facing image, the mm. sides would have that weird sort of, it wouldn't quite mesh together, but it's probably better now. Um, if you, yeah. if you're filming are. a quad, though, do you really want to, like, show people all your Possibly. wiring and stuff? Surely well, you want to just show them the area you're flying through rather than, like, yeah, here's my quad. Well, it, you know, it's like to mix it up, I think. Puts it in, and I, I, I thought this bullet... The bullet time adapter was hilarious. It's just like, hey, look, watch us. <laughs> it's just the world's stupidest Str accessory. Straight into the water. 
Sure, yes. That is useful for clips of about half a second maximum duration. You can see that they're not holding on to those shots because after you've been around the person once, you're just going to feel sick, aren't you, if you carry on watching that? Yeah, well, that's why it's only half a turn. Yeah. yeah. Vomit-inducing. Uh, Ka- Caroline says, I flew my Runcam HD Pro on Tuesday, forgot the ND filters and got way too much jello in the video. Gyroflow did a great job of stabilizing the video. My argument is, is if I'm going to pick up a new camera, I kind of want it to work with Gyroflow or, you know, if if Cole desperately wants... Uh, I'm know, kind the of the opposite. If GoPro. I'm picking up a new camera, I want it to not be necessary to dive into something like Gyroflow. I just want it to be stable. That yeah, fair enough. Me. It's too much it's, uh, What I'm more sort of thing is... If it's available and I, I I want it, or you know, I could, I'd rather have it and not need it. Yeah. Well, have the stabilization available so you can think, oh yeah, I'll just tidy that up a little bit. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to do it after the fact because you you turn off the stabilization and by default you've got the whole lens. Because mm. if you turn on the stabilization, you're just cropping in. So after the fact, you, you you have that wider frame available to you, and you can choose how narrow you want to go in. But yeah, it looks like eighty five quid for the Runcam Pro HD, which for a four K action camera, you know, a couple of years ago that would have been just incredible. Impossible. Yeah, they're doing four K one twenty. No, four K thirty. Still, who, that's pretty good. Who got sued by Polaroid? Apparently. They did. They did uh, this is following on from a post above about GoPro threatening run cam. I remember GoPro threatened run cam camera because the dimensions of their queue right. was exactly the same as the session. So, so Numskull's like... comment from that follows on from Tailspin. So he, he says that run cam did it, uh, that GoPro sued run cam because they were sued by Polaroid. Oh, that's right. Polaroid bought out a cube camera as well, didn't they? Yeah. It's like the fact you can say, oh, we invented the cube. It's our product now. It's slightly ridiculous. Well, I found out now that the reason I can't control my volume easily on my my phone, apparently um, Sonos have claimed that they've patented the idea of having a volume control for multiple rooms and no one else is able to implement a volume control that shows multiple rooms. It's just, just F off, like, paints are so terrible, just ruining everything. It's, I, I feel paints are fine if they're a proper invention, but not if they're something fairly obvious. Yeah, like it's just used to say, like, we own this market and we don't want to compete with anyone. That seems to be what patents are used for. I would rather we didn't have to actually compete with anyone because, you know, we're making a lot of money here, so we're just going to use these patents to tell everyone else to go away. It kind of sucks. Annoying. By the Hang way, on, I meant to ask, Stephen, I'm, I'm going back to uh, your DJI goggles again. Are you noticing the difference to, between 60 and 120? In frames per second, because when I play a game at sixty frames a second and the same game on one hundred and twenty frames a second, quite honestly, I would find it very hard to tell unless I really stared and really concentrated hard. Can, can I ask you a question? Can you tell the difference between fifty and sixty hertz? It, well, it depends if you got that border down the bottom. For, yeah, <laughs> <how many times. laughs> got, got an extra. I love that. Got an extra two. Three lines on your OSD. That's how you know the difference, right? <laughs> yeah, your NTSC. You've got like a much bigger OSD, and uh, if you've got sm- slightly smaller text, that means it's power. Now, I've yeah. um, I've not been put off by the slower frame rate, the sixty FPS stuff. It does feel a teensy bit smoother to step up to the the hundred or one hundred and twenty, but the type of flying I do. Doesn't make doesn't ruin my day. What I do find is if I go up to 120 FPS, I'm getting a lot more compression, and and I tend to run a lower FPS because I'd rather get less compression. On DGI, it's very obvious because 
know, it's kind of first generation digital and it, and it was great most of the time. And if you're in a beautiful sun-kissed meadow, you're out with California somewhere where rain is a legend that no one believes and the sun is out every day, then you've got no problem. The camera copes beautifully. If you're in England and it's January or December and, and the sky is a kind of pencil shaded lead and gray and there's mud everywhere, then DJI at 100 FPS gives you just kind of a smooth soup-like finish over the brown ground where you can't make out any details. And and for that reason, I tend to go down to 60 FPS so it gets less compressed, so there's slightly more detail in the ground and there's slightly more detail in the little branches that might whip out and catch me and stuff like that. Interesting. Long answer. Mm. People are saying they notice it. Have to have to do some blind tests. So if you then again, if you concentrate, you can generally see it, can't you? Yeah. There's also the Cadex walnut that um, Andy RC was talking about a while ago. Kind of slowly slid out. It wasn't really a big bang release as much as a a slow plop release. The Cadex walnut, but it's been out for a while now, uh, long enough good? that it seems to be going through some discounts. I think it's, I I have heard on the grapevine that it's okay so long as you don't use the ultra-wide field of view. So if you're doing like 2.7K, it's all right. But if you go to the full 4K, you get problems because the edge of the the camera casing is visible through the lens a little bit. And especially if you're flying into bright light, then you get, little bit visual artifacts so a lot of the reviewers apparently have gone down to 2.7k to to make it look a bit nicer a lot of people seem to like 2.7k anyway so whatever so wide angle you can see the inside of the camera yeah literally (laughs) that's the problem crazy for the best anyway that's yeah that's at 130 and i guess you get the battery and everything inside that so it's more like a regular action camera Whereas the thumb, you've got to mess around with connecting it to a, a five volt line or something. Yeah, or just like get a, a balance connector for it, basically, and do yeah. that. That's an easy. Curry, who did you report your um, uh, Radio Master box to, uh, ghost fitting issue to? Well, it wasn't just the ghost, that was the problem. I, again, back on the Tyro quad. Um, that had an R9 in it. So I, I took the R9 uh, receiver out, I converted it over to ExpressLRS, I updated my um, old R9 module over to 3.2, and then when I tried to take it out of the boxer, I was like, it's not it's not coming out. The clips, oh, I couldn't push them in hard enough to, to get them out. What I had to do in the end is unscrew the module, take the the outside box out and then the inner box has more flex so i could actually take it out so uh, i asked them if they'd had any reports i said the ghost module's very very tight and other ones i can't get back out again without having to do extra stuff so they asked me to send them a video which i did i showed them a video of me getting a the ghost basically i pushed it and i was like i'm not going in the way with this because it was just too tight and then i showed them the R9, and I was like, look, I can't get it out. So they're going to go away and look at it then. Hopefully they'll change the moulding to the back. I think what they've got, looking at how it gets stuck, obviously it's a little bit small because that ghost module's so tight, but they've got too much of a lip that holds... You know you've got the normal... With all these modules, you've got these little pushy-in things for the JR modules. Yep. And I think there's a lip that comes out too far... So you can't push it in hard enough to get the whole module back out again because you you need to flex beyond mm. what the what it will do. Because as I said, if I take that bit out, the little rectangular plastic will flex a bit and that way I can get it out. So I'm waiting to hear back to see what they're going to do about it. Hopefully something, though, because it's, it's so a really nice radio. You the lip slightly. Yeah. Apart from the fact you can't get the modules out and you can't get one of them in. Is very it well. just the ghost module or every module you've tried? It's every module. The ghost is really, really tight for getting in. Everything else goes in okay, but it doesn't come out again. Wow. 
So that's yeah. that is a problem. Hopefully, hopefully they won't go the other way where modules just flop out and then because that will be the worst. Is if they I can't update believe they it. didn't test the mold though. That's weird. It's weird because I tested it against the TX12, which is the radio they just had before that, and everything goes in and out perfect. The Ghost must be a little bit bigger than other modules because it was still a little tight, but it's still in and out, no problem. Mm. Weird. It's nuts. It must just be fractions of a millimetre as well. It's a huge difference if you can actually get it in to start with. Yeah, it's not much, but there's there's something different in it. They may have tested it with their own Ranger module because the Ranger module, it's kind of the actual module piggybacks on the back of the little surround so that will actually i could just about get that out without too much hassle because that's an external big boy yeah because it's, you know, it's in the back of something big yeah it's literally you've got you've got this little almost this little surround and then the module is like this brick on top of that so because you've just got that kind of uh more flexible case you can push these in hard enough to get it out but on all other modules you can't. I actually broke a big FPV module trying to get it out. I broke the the completely back on that. But I had I had screwdrivers going here. I broke the lip off one of these trying to get a wedge under there whilst trying to put pressure on that one. It was like bing, oh dear, broken it. And I I broke. I I smashed some of the those together trying to get something from the other side pushing it. So it is it is it's quite a problem I think potentially. Might might have to get some. Uh... Uh, white lithium grease in there to lube everything. <laughs> we'll have to do something. I, I'm sure if we looked at, I'm sure if we took something apart, and looked at it, like if you just had the surround, put it in there, you could probably tell. Maybe what it was that was just... the point. You just weren't, you, you know, the little dishes that Radio Master ship out with the lube in. That you were supposed to use it on the module as well as the gimbals. They, they Maybe that's it. Just weren't paying attention. Maybe that was in the small print. Requires oh, I, module lube. I think it's going to take um, some a little bit of modding, a little bit of sanding something away in there. Jack knows all about lube. It's indeed. Uh, st- now, Sticky now, Jack's glue emporium, I think you'll find. But, I know, yeah. I know. Can also double as lube. We're still still looking for a logo. If anyone can do Sticky Jack's glue emporium, that would be fantastic. You've got Jack's beaming face here. We just need like. A stylized version of that. With I was thinking with a big thumbs up, like a kind of, maybe with a bit of glue just sort of coming off the thumb, just dribbling off the thumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jack's not sure about this. I would ask my daughter, but last time I asked her for a logo, she told she said it would be like three hundred quid or something. So I said I, I don't think oh, I'm going to pay that. Go to Fiverr or something instead. Why Jeez. would she charge you? You've you've given her the best years of your life. This is I tried this argument and apparently that doesn't work. And then she said, "Fill up She's my car like, with petrol." Best years, six out of ten. Six out of ten, Dad. That's it. I know. Well, I was looking forward to maybe having an option to like move away from the 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 tyrannous hell that I live in. There's nothing worse Not than two of them I know <laughs> Tyrannoi and I'm just like oh man it's Something... like Stockholm Syndrome with old hardware Jack and his yeah kid. I know he it's loves just... it because that's what he knows even if it hurts him mm. it'd be nice to have something with built in ELRS and then I can use the module bay for the ghost but I have no well, can you they... if you can hammer it in there yeah, that's it. Put it in. Never comes out. Why would you want to use anything else? Because like, I'm not using I'm not using Crossfire. That's still all in my plane. So who knows? All right, that's all we've got time for, unfortunately. But uh, thank you to all our Patreons. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. You've been joined by everyone's favorite, Kerry Kitten. Goodbye. The man with the terrible uh, posture. Steven. It's better this way. I could just keep the shoulders stretched. Thanks, everyone. 
and I've been Brighton to Life Lie. This show is sponsored by our lovely Patreons who keep it running. Thank you, guys. You guys are the best. Thank you to everyone who showed up and said hello. A few of those wonderful people who caught us live on the Thursday were Tailspin, Gusto, Flight One, Numskull, Carl, Caroline, Make Me Lab, uh, MK Me Lab. I don't know how you pronounce that. I'm sure. It's Make Me Lab. Yeah. Make Me Lab. Load of lines, Tailspin, Shady, all those cool people. Thank you, guys. Cole and my darling wife, Tony. And what's what a static fire indeed. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye. Telemetry lost.